What's up, guys? This is My Life in Games with Silas and Sage. I guess we could we could have swapped those back and forth because I say Silas and then you would say Sage. That's kind of confusing, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's we'll okay. Let's just keep rolling. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Let's just leave it in there. Uh, thank you guys so much for showing up. This is episode two. Ep two, Silas. Can you believe it? Yes. Yes, I can. Um, I think uh, this is going to be a lot better than the first one as far as our audio quality is concerned. <laughs> yeah, we, we've leveled up audio quality and it sounded pretty good. Uh, we've got quite a few things we want to get to uh, in our yes, hour. Yes, we have a list. Yeah, we've got a list of stuff, so we're going to get right into it. One of the first things on the list is gaming-related, although it's more of the hardware piece. We're going to talk the NVIDIA 1080 versus the 1070. Silas, uh, do you have any thoughts of this uh, initially? I know, do um, you have a 1070 right now? No, no, um, I'm actually still on the uh, previous gen. I'm still rocking a uh, 970, the uh, MSI variant uh, uh, overclocked uh, gaming edition uh with the extra fans and all that crap. I think they had like four different ones from them, just from that uh, company alone. But yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Well, you're a detail-oriented kind of guy anyway, so what are your your impressions first off? You're seeing the, the 1070 came out, then the 1080, and now we've got the 1080 Ti, correct? Yes, that's, yes. Man, that's a big lineup right now. So what are your initial impressions of the, 10, the 1070 versus the 1080? Um, I, I still feel overall, um, unless you really need the power... The 1080 just, I just don't feel it. Um, if you were going to get a 1080, I would spend the extra money and get the 1080 uh, Ti, uh, just because the Ti variants have always been, you know, a little bit more uh, more balls to the walls and uh, very well locked in, and you know, because they come out after they've had time to kind of uh, tune it in. I guess is not quite the wording I'm looking for, but you know what I'm getting at there. Uh, but the 70 though, I think overall, and that, and that's still, uh, an expensive piece of kit right there, but well worth it. And it, it'll last you, you know, you don't always necessarily have to, um, jump to the newest card all the time, but if you're looking to build right now, um, unless you really need the power up, um, I would go with the 1070. You should build a pretty much rock, basically everything on ultra and be a happy camper. I mean, unless you're uh, trying to run like eight, uh, you know, 4K displays in, you know, uh, all at once and, uh, you know, spread it across all those, then, yeah, you, you might want to, you know, th think about um, a little bit more. But if you're doing that and spending that much money, you probably have the cash to get multiple uh, 1080s or, you know, whatever to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. But, no, if you're if you're a single or dual monitor person, uh, no, 1070 is probably perfectly going to be, you know, it's, it's good. It's, you know, within your budget and, and for the money. You know, uh, just pay attention to which which editions you're getting. Make sure you check the reviews because certain, uh, sometimes certain versions of it, uh, it seems there was some flaws. At least in the in the first run of productions, I don't know about uh, the current uh, run, but I know in the first run there was uh, some flaws and a few of them that were having some issues. I was still seeing some negative reviews on the EVGA um, 1070 myself, and uh, and that was after you had confirmed, hey, maybe steer clear of the EVGA, take out the M the MSI first. And uh, clearly MSI was the, the winner in that variant. But the, the differences between the 1070 and the 1080 as far as, as some of the hard stats I looked up this morning just to kind of refresh my memory. As somebody who's recently purchased 
the 1070. Uh, sorry, Twitter folks, I, I had accidentally posted the 1080, didn't, didn't realize that until <laughs> until yesterday. I have the 1070, <laughs> um, and I, I, I chose that very carefully um, because I'm not going VR. I'm not looking for that huge 4K uh, VR gaming experience to be really smooth, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, some of the VR stuff a little bit later, but... Uh, Three night. You're looking at 399 for the MSI variant of the 1070, and 519 dollars for the MSI variant of the 1080. And we're not even talking the 10i, or the TI. So the, the difference between that, actually, the the 1070 has a bit more um, memory to it. You're looking at 8,000 megahertz of memory for the 1080 and 10,000 in the 1070. Uh, where you start to see the difference in the 1080's got the 2560 CUDA cores or the Compute Unified Device Architecture, a bunch of mumbo jumbo to say that it's it's the programming language that they use and the 1080 has more of it. Um, I'm uh, yeah, a lot more. <laughs> a lot, lot more, more power behind that. So. A lot more power, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is not so much uh, power ahead of the 1070 that you cannot run um, Wildlands or the division in ultimate mode or ultra mode and still be extremely happy with how it looks and how it performs. Yeah, so I got a quick question for you. Speaking of, of division and, and wildlands, uh, you're running uh, running on an ultra and doing 1080, right? Correct. All right, so I don't know. Have you popped up your, your FPS counter to see what kind of frames you're getting? Because I know you happen to have a monitor that supports well over 60 frames. I do. <laughs> that um so I haven't. I did run a bench test yesterday with the division and the new 1.6 update, and I was I was having a hard time getting beneath 90 frames a second most of the time. Well, that's a good thing. When, yeah. when you say I'm having a hard time getting beneath less than 90 <laughs> yeah. frames, so yes, this is this is good, and you've got everything maxed out. So that's you know yeah. there you go, there you have it. I mean. Yes, yeah. that, that's plenty smooth. I mean, holy shit. But I haven't done that yet with, uh, I haven't done a bench test on Wildlands yet, with, which I fully intend to do. But uh, the game has been so pretty, it's been hard to do anything else but play it and look at, wow, look at that. Oh, look at the detail <laughs> on that. It is, it's a, it's a very beautiful game. I got a hand at that. Anyway, I think at the end of it, we can agree that the, the 1070 is by far and away, it's the best buy. Uh, unless you are really, really into the VR performance that the 1080 is definitely going to provide you. Yeah, uh, VR is is a whole other subject at this point. Yes. Um, <laughs> that is, I've got positive and concerning things when it, when it, when it comes to, to VR. And I know there's some people out there that are very happy about VR and where it's going and other people that, are skeptical me. I'm somewhere kind of on both sides of that um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, some of it's just more of a, of a personal preference, I think, when it comes to some of it, and other stuff I think is more broader range. And I still feel there's some things that it's going to take more for VR to be more massive and, and accepted for a lot of people. Well, that's a great topic, and it's actually our next topic. Um, let's preface that a little bit with uh, the 3D industry in general. I think growing up for me. Being a 1985 baby, I'm about almost 32 years old uh, this year, and uh, 3D was, I don't know if that came, I didn't see my first 3D movie until I was maybe 15 or 16. I wasn't overly impressed the first 3D movie uh, that I saw, and it kind of phased out. I don't know, just 3D just kind of disappeared for a while. Well, um, 3D back in the day, now was your first movie with the old like colored glasses going on? 
Yes. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, yes. That the anaglyph. Oh my god, the horrendous bad things of anaglyph. While it does work, you lose clarity beyond belief. I mean, that's been around since like what the sixties or some shit. Maybe yeah. sooner. I don't know. I don't feel like looking it up at the moment, but it's been around a very, very, very long time. Yeah. I mean, apparently someone was just really high and said, "Hey, we can make this work," and it did. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Now. Just because something does work does not necessarily mean it works well. Agreed. 100%. And uh, with that, um, however, you know, 3D, of course, is always is always going to be a thing because eventually, you know, that also, in my opinion, 3D and VR are very much on the same uh, platform, I guess you can kind of say. One kind of leads in hand to the other, you know, 3d leads to VR because without one, you're not going to get to the other one essentially. Um, yeah. Mid nineties technology wasn't far enough, uh, into 3d to make it a viable, uh, platform for virtual reality, at least in my opinion. And again, my first 3d experience and several after that, they weren't the best as far as movies were concerned. So when, when the idea of 3D gaming came into the play, and I'm, I'm thinking more specifically of the 3DS, correct? Um, you know, it, it still kind of made me sick to play it. It kind of, turning on 3D mode just didn't really work out for me as, a, as more of an older, <laughs> an older teenager, older adult. And I just couldn't really get into it. But now... Uh, technology has come so far that we can get into virtual reality. It's not something that I've tried yet, although, uh, like I said, I'm a little I'm a little weary about it because I've not had a great 3D experience up until this point. So, you have though, right? You've tried out some some VR. I've tried out a, a lot of things. Now you're talking about uh, some bad 3D experiences. What about like IMAX 3D? In recent years, that's probably your highest end thing. Have you done any of that? I have. And okay, the, now how how was that for you versus other things? So it was prettier. Uh, I will hand you I will hand you that one. It was definitely prettier, but it it still I left it feeling like I was still in a different reality. My head was still kind of foggy. I it it didn't really sit well with me. So as a as a general rule, I avoid the 3D experience in in movies, um, just because I feel like I'm in a fog afterwards. Yeah, see, I've I've gotten used to it, but then again, I've I've been more active with my 3D watching and consuming of 3D content, and that's one of the things about that technology, whether it's that or even leading into VR, it takes time for your body to adjust to that kind of thing, and in your eyes, you know what you're seeing in in all the signals and stuff. So it's kind of like almost uh, I don't want to say like motion sickness, but that's the closest thing I can come up with as far as you know, kind of the effect. But once you get more used to it. Once you become more accustomed to viewing 3D and stuff like that, you don't have that problem so much. Gotcha. Um, however, at movie theaters, um, you can't do things. I mean, they just that that's you know, movie theaters is is a, uh, using the passive technology and in polarized uh, screens and, and shit like that. For anyone who has any idea what I'm talking about, you understand. For those who don't, just it's technical jargon on how they make it work. <laughs> okay. Um, but with like, if you're using your PC or even you reference the 3DS, there is. Um, like you can kind of adjust the effect and it is recommended always that you start on a lower amount. And as you get used to it, slowly raise it up so that way you don't have that sick feeling so much in, in everything else. Now, unfortunately I have not had the experience of trying the PSVR yet. Um, I do know a couple people that have, so I don't know if that has an adjustment, but I would 
think that it has some sort of a an adjustment like that because I know if you're running anything like that on PC, you can control you know um, how much depth and you know essentially how much 3D effect you're you're getting uh, that way. Uh, the problems with the 3DS is because of the way 3D technology is, and of course in their case they were doing it with with no glasses or anything else. So once again, I have to give props to Nintendo. Um, you know they made it work. Granted, the graphics are uh, yeah, we're not gonna go there. Sub 480p, <laughs> but unfortunately with the way 3D works, you you lose that resolution. You need a lot. You need to basically to to render the same 480p image in 3D, you need twice as much power as you do to do it non-3D is, is the basic premise. There's a lot more to it, but that's the, the basic behind it. So in, in that regard, that's probably the reason why the 3DS, the graphics were, you're essentially playing 3D Super Nintendo. Yeah, exactly. In a handheld form. And, you know, and, and I had a 3DS for a little while, and it was fun. And actually, even when I first had one, I was one of the dumbasses. I'm like, oh, the 3D is good. I'm not having an effect after five, ten minutes. I still feel okay. Let's max it out and just play like that. Yeah, bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> no, should have left it alone for a while. You get used to it. But no, and actually, I had much less problem because when I had one, I had the uh, the new 3DS. So like that came out, like, what, a year and a half ago? Granted, I don't have it anymore, but... Um, and not because of the has nothing to do with the the 3D effect being good or bad. I just um, hard times and whatnot. So we'll leave it yeah. at that. Uh, but it did work well, and I did enjoy it. And a lot of people uh, I know told me that on the the new 3DS it was a lot better than the old 3DS. They kind of the way that it worked it uh, was a lot better. Uh, but even still, you're talking glasses list, nothing else. And unfortunately. And you can get into a big argument as far as passive versus active, uh, which of course active is where you've got the glasses that have some sort of a battery. It's an active shutter where it, um, you know, it, it essentially syncs up with the, with the refresh rate. So each eye is getting the image individually and, and whatnot. And that's supposed to be better. Me, I happen to actually like the active uh, a little bit better than the passive, just because I, f- I have less of an issue with it for me personally. Um, I actually happen to have. Uh, I use the NVIDIA 3D Vision, which I know a lot of people have problems with certain things. I haven't used it too much for gaming quite yet, but as far as movies go, I feel it's, you know, um, I got my Blu-ray player and everything else, and I've even started backing up a couple of my 3D movies because I'm lazy and don't want to <laughs> switch discs. Unfortunately, that was a whole nother process to figure out how to get something that would actually play a raw rip, and, and yeah, I had to do some things. Got to convert it and play with it, but and do your best, try not to lose quality, which is a pain in the ass. But you know, later on, I don't have to sit there and, and put discs in so much. I can keep the discs original and pristine. I'm uh, very OCD like that. I like to keep my stuff in like perfect condition. Yeah. Not, don't ask why. I just I do. I'm weird like that. <laughs> Leave it alone. <laughs> so you're but, saying it basically the 3D experience for somebody who's like me and the the you don't fully appreciate the 3D experience either because it kind of makes you sick. You have this tendency towards. Uh, towards getting the the motion sickness from it and feeling like you're in a haze afterward you got to ease your way into it is what i'm hearing like sage has this tendency of going balls to the walls with anything and i try it on extreme and completely lose sight that's just me i'm kind of crazy i'm very impatient uh so you gotta ease your way into it i get it i get it maybe i should dust off the old 3ds and try it again yeah yeah Keep, keep it at a lower setting leave it that leave it there play through for like a couple hours take a break and then later on, you know, slowly, you know, if you don't, if you're not, if you're not, if you start feeling that wooziness, keep it where it's at. And, you know, once you don't feel that anymore, then, uh, boot it up. But yeah, I've been watching the 3d movies and I've been getting a lot more into the 3d movies, which of course, since it's not quite as popular now, um, 
you can find them pretty cheap, although a lot of new movies are still coming out with 3D variants. The one thing I do want to mention here is um, watching 3D movies on your computer and having the right setup, to me, and I've tried a few different 3D TVs with you know active and passive glasses, I feel on your PC is a lot better just because your PC can do a lot more frames, which helps a lot with like, my eyes can be very, very sensitive, and this is why I kind of hated active glasses at first, because I would see the flicker really bad, and it would give me headaches. Like on a passive 3D TV or, or on a, the, some of the early active 3D TVs yeah. and stuff, I would oh, see that yeah. the shutter flicker, and, and that would just it would drive me fucking batty. Um, but on a PC where you've got you know 120 plus FPS, so you're getting 60 per eye, we're good. I don't I don't I don't have that problem, and and it looks really good. The only problem now is I just got to not crank it all the way up and be an ass. <laughs> um, I actually still have it on the on the default setting right now. Um, but I may turn it up in a little while because I've, I've been doing pretty, pretty good with it. But it's it's a good effect. Home Blu-rays with 3D is is almost you know if you like IMAX and stuff, it's it's worth it. If that's not your thing, then you know, obviously don't waste your time. Yeah. You know, and I well, think that's where a lot of the the negativeness for 3D is coming is because a lot of people that it's not their thing or they're expecting a lot more than what it is, and then they go away disappointed. And, and you got to kind of know what to expect. But that's essentially anything with with gaming or just entertainment related. Yeah. As it is. Um. Well, so let's take, so we've got our 3D movies and we kind of established that. Let's bridge the gap here and go into the VR standpoint of it. So uh, for me, my vote still is, um, while I'm going to go back and I'm going to try easing my way into the 3D um, setting and I'll start with my 3DS and maybe maybe I'll broaden my horizon out a little bit and see some more 3D movies and see if I can't get used to it. Um, if I if I have to go through some type of physical training to appreciate a new piece of technology like this, my my vote is normally towards the no side. It's not quite ready. It's getting there. It's so much better than it was ten years ago, but it's not quite there yet. I haven't had a, an experience yet with VR gaming, um, but I know quite a few people that have. Um, where do you think the current state is with VR gaming uh, compared to 3D movies? Let's kind of start there and see where it goes. Okay, well, 3D, I, or, well, the VR is definitely, it's the next stage of 3D, in, in my opinion, uh, because that's essentially what they're using to, to do the VR, except for you're wearing, you know, a headset, and then it's, you know, you're blocking all their light sources and, and things like that, so it's more immersive, and plus when you look around, you, it's, it's essentially 360-degree view 3D. So you're, you're taking the next stage up from 3D and trying to put that out when even 3D isn't fully ready yet. Mm. And if 3D is in a good place and it could be better, but the money also has to go there to to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I know a lot of people are trying to jump into the three into the VR, but I still feel VR's a little soon. I mean, yes, there is some good effects, but for a lot of people if they already have a problem with 3d, when you try to jump to VR, it's really amplified. And that's, that's an issue. I don't feel that uh, VR is quite there yet. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing, but not something you're going to do all the time. And, and again, just like 3d, you take a lot more power to make the VR stuff and keep it looking good and keep them frame rates up. So that way people aren't, you know, getting headaches and, and things like that. It takes a lot more power to, to have that experience. Um, so in that regard, I feel VR is definitely a lot further behind and a lot of things need to happen. Uh, one of which is just the hardware. Still, even the, the PlayStation uh, VR, although I haven't really played anything with it, I've checked it out. I've kind of, you know, uh, 
the headset still to me seems like it's a little bit heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had the chance to check into any of the PC side of headsets, but they all have a similar look and whatnot, and that's my biggest concern. And that's just in VR. This isn't you know VR jumping into that isn't a new thing right now. I mean, they tried to do VR stuff back in the in the '90s and stuff. I should know. I had one of them terrible headsets. Yeah. And while it was essentially a movement controller headset with a screen, because that's basically what it was, it was oh my god, it was oh, it was terrible, terrific. Oh. Yeah, it was it, it was not good. You did not want to use that all the time, and hardly at all. And granted, now it's a lot better. The effect is way better again because 3D has come better. So therefore, VR has done a lot better. But it's still, I think, for it to be a really big use everyday thing, you need to. You got to get rid of the headset gear, and that's one thing I can say. Once again, props to Nintendo; they did with the 3DS. Sadly, graphically, not very good because of that limitation. Had they had used better hardware, they probably could have got a much better effect with with it. But then the unit would have cost a lot more, which again is another concern when you're a company. You want to make money, and if your shit is, you know, freaking twelve hundred dollars for yeah. a portable console, <laughs> gonna, yeah, nobody's gonna buy it. Doesn't matter. You you can have your doors quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless that console, that 3D figure there is going to give you a blowjob, <laughs> people aren't going to spend that much money on it. Better be serving me dinner, too. Yeah, exactly. You know, blow a dinner, okay, <laughs> I'll spend the money. You know, but even, even, even then, that's still, uh, that's still a push, you know? <laughs> yeah. I remember, you know, speaking of that, just a quick fl- uh, blast from the past here, you remember Blu-ray versus HD, and, oh yes, yes. Yeah, I remember the, uh, the one Blu-ray first came out. The exorbitant price for the HD player add-on for the Xbox 360. Yes, yes, I, I do remember that, and a lot of people thought the HD was was gonna uh, was actually gonna do better than Blu-ray because it was still a, a DVD disc, but with a different encoding to uh, better compression and whatnot to get your uh, your full 1080p image and everything versus the Blu-ray that used a multi-layer uh disc yeah and it looked really good on a 1080i tv granted you were xbox 360 if you were lucky enough to get one that had a uh an rgp or rgb or red blue green separate color port uh to be able to hook it to your high definition tv um you had to buy a high definition adapter to do that if you want to go hdmi so there's there was a lot to it and i think uh, some of the complicated nature of making that happen may have contributed i'm not sure but in small part to hds bowing out <laughs> to the greatness of blu-ray remember blu-rays were extremely expensive too but they oh, stayed shit, yeah but and then they the players were really 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 expensive and that's part of the reason why uh the playstation 3 when it came out and it had the Blu-ray player, it was it was expensive as fuck. That was like what six hundred dollars when that system came out. Yeah, at launch it was five ninety nine. Yeah, it, so it almost seems like it's a coin toss in some cases. You know, Blu-ray, Blu-ray and HD were. I think HD was trying to be just a little bit cheaper, and by a little bit, I mean pennies. Uh, when I was working at a, a big box retailer, it didn't seem like there was a big price difference until you got into the players, and then and then it really. You know, they really turned it up. So, yeah, it's hard to say. Sometimes it seems like it's a coin toss, but I can see, you know, VR, if you you charge way too much for your system and you're not going to be able to get it out there to the people to start building that that demand for it. Uh, whereas, on the other hand, if you put out a shitty product, <laughs> if people buy it and then they hate you because it's awful, uh, you're not going to get any business either. That's a, it's a tough one. Anyway, please yeah. continue. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, in also in addition to your HD and in, in your Blu-ray, one of the things I think that did help with with Blu-ray is the fact that the PlayStation, a gaming console, included the drive, so people could buy their console and then they could also play their Blu-ray movies. Yeah, it was expensive as shit, but you could play games and watch your movies, mm. especially at that time when the initial Blu-ray players, which were terrible, well, we'll just yeah the first the first wave or two of, of Blu-ray players were. There was a lot of problems. We'll just leave it at that. It was a fucking suck fest. There's a lot of um, returns. Yeah, yeah, a lot of returns. A lot of returns. No, thank you. <laughs> um, you know, so having that in a game console, if nothing else, yeah, you might not use the Blu-ray player right away, but hey, I can play my games. This is a next-gen console. I'm going to play some games. And then later on, yeah, if I feel like getting the, these high-definition movies, I can do that too. I don't really think that that helped it catch on. Had the Xbox 360 when it came out, which I don't even think when it initially came out, were HD movies starting then i don't know but if they would have made a 360 variant that actually had the hd dvd drive in it that may have helped it granted it may still have died it may not have helped it but i do yeah i do feel that uh you know having a new technology for a visual medium like that uh, kind of went hand in hand with uh you know uh, having it in a gaming console where you ease know of visuals use. of course are a thing yeah yeah ease of use it's already there hey well I can buy the DVD. Yeah, the Blu-ray is more expensive, but it's going to look better. And, of course, it did if you had the right TV and the hookups and everything. Oh, shit. You yeah. know, I'm going to run with that. Oh, um, I remember so be- everybody was going out to buy Planet Earth when that first came out on Blu-ray. That was yeah. the that was the thing that you had to buy when you bought a Blu-ray player. Yeah. Or if you had and, and I think uh, VR still needs a push like that. But seeing an actual console or dedicated gaming system where all you need to do is just buy this and, and it's part of the VR is is still a ways away. I mean, you buy a PlayStation Four, which uh, obviously for the VR they actually recommend you get the Pro, so three ninety nine, right? And then your VR headset with the, you know, and everything is another three ninety nine. So if you wanted to do VR, that's eight hundred bucks plus tax for something that'll potentially make you motion sick. I'm just, right now, yeah. granted, this won't be the best PC build, but for eight hundred dollars, you could build a decent PC. That will True. do, granted, probably not as, probably not the most amazing VR, but granted, it, it, it'll it'll do it. Of course, then you would still, once again, still have to buy the headset. So then you're talking to people to $400 PC. So you're, you're still in a, in, a, in a shit show slump. It's the, the, the expense to make it happen versus the quality of the effect, I just, I don't think it's there yet. So what does, and you mentioned it briefly before, what does, in your opinion, VR need to do, the industry needs to do this thing to push it to the next level as far as being a household product that everybody wants. You either need to completely be able to do away with the headset in some way, shape, or form. So essentially, Star Trek here, holodeck, okay? Oh, yeah. Or, you know, maybe do something similar to some light glasses. Like, uh, I know Google came out with a thing for a display and glasses, Google Glass, if anybody remembers ever hearing about that. Of course, it never really made it to uh, consumer uh, hands much, but uh, they did have a dev kit and stuff like that. I remember reading up on it and looking at it. So something like that, something with some light, easy to wear, isn't going to cause a problem. Glasses to do like an augmented reality kind of VR might be your your next best step, where you don't have to, um, you don't need a separate console, and you don't have a heavy ass headset that's going to give you headaches or just look really goofy ass. If you can walk around with it and nobody really notices or have it, that's going to sell. I mean, look at the iPhone. How you know That's what Steve Jobs did. Yeah, you got all your computing and stuff. People want to take computers. You want to have laptops, but it's hard to take with you. But now everyone has a fucking cell phone in their hand these days. Yeah. 
And it's as powerful as, you know, you go back 10 years and the computers, our cell phones will kick the shit out of some computers from a long time ago. I mean, you got quad core processors and, you know, four plus gigs of freaking RAM in your cell phone. Yeah, I'll put my I'll put my iPhone 5 <laughs> against any Commodore 64. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do some bench tests. <laughs> no, you, you can put it up against a lot more recent shit than that. I mean, but I get what you're saying there. Uh, oh, yeah. But the point, my, my point is, is, they took a technology, yeah, a lot of people only had computers at home and, you know, even laptops and stuff. You didn't see it around as much. Yeah, people had them, but it wasn't as common. But cell phones, once the technology became, you know, everybody, here, there you go. Granted, if you straight out buy an iPhone 7, if you go with a lower RAM one, it's probably going to cost you $800. Yeah. And nobody really scoffs at it that much, which is kind of a whole other interesting topic we could talk about another time because of dedicated gaming and people look at it, they won't spend... X amount on a good gaming rig or, you know, you don't want to, we don't want to spend this much for certain technologies, but we'll spend $800 on a phone. <laughs> so noted. Uh, yeah. You know, so that there's, there's a whole another thought, but uh, I don't want to get in, take this topic too long just because yeah. uh, we've got quite a bit more stuff to get to yet. Nope. Absolutely. And I actually, I was getting ready to move it into there. If there are any other final comments, uh, which I think you just about wrapped that up beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think we're good. Um, so the next thing we're going to talk about is your experience with, with a game that I was really looking forward to getting, and hopefully next month I'll be able to play it myself, Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, what What's going on? You've got it. You've been playing it, man. Uh, yeah, unfortunately I have not gotten nearly as much game time as I would like. Damn you, work! No. Damn you! <laughs> uh, no, that and just you know other things coming up. But no, I've been having an amazing time with this game it is it is a lot of fun it has really drawn me in and it is everything i hoped it would be uh pretty much as far as you know i was really putting a lot into it and i was trying not to put too much hopes on it but it's you know it's it's drawn me in it's got a lot of a lot of side quests and stuff and what's nice is the side quests don't feel like they're tacked on or forced so much. You can choose to do them. You can choose to not. But I've actually been going through and doing a lot of them because it adds to the story. It adds to the depth of the game. It adds something. So in that respect, I feel Guerrilla Games did did a good job. They did that right. They took their time. Um, you know, And so I'm very thankful that Guerrilla Games making this game, they took their time just like they do with other, other games. They didn't rush it because you know this is this new IP. They did a very... Good job with it. I only hope that um, they start talking about some uh, some DLC, uh, you know, obviously post game DLC, some added stories or or something would be would be amazing. Granted, I don't think I'm that far into it because I've only gotten a little bit of time with it. Well, I feel it's only a little bit of time. I know I'm not that much far story wise because I keep doing this side stuff, but it's fun. It's fun doing this side stuff. It draws you in enough that you you want to go do this stuff. You want to go explore and check stuff out. And I think. That is something that isn't always easier to capture, and a lot of companies, when they make games, fail to do that. But I've, you know, in this particular game, they've done a very good job in capturing that that want to explore. And of course, I didn't look anything up. I didn't buy a strategy guide. I haven't been looking at any guides or anything. I'm just doing everything myself. That's just one of my things. I don't like a man. I don't look stuff. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't look stuff up in, unless it's an absolute necessity in a game. I like to to experience it for myself. I want I want to have that first time experience in discovering this or that and seeing this. And this game has a lot of awe inspiring moments, I'll tell you what. You know, and you're seeing certain things for the first time and then, you know, you get a little bit further and then now there's this thing and you're like, holy shit, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so let me ask you a question as somebody who's not played it before and for anybody else who say you're you're an Xbox head and you you don't 
have any intention of buying the PlayStation. This is really interesting to me that you said that it makes you want to explore again. World of Warcraft ruined me for exploration because it's go collect 12 pelts. Go kill 15 of these enemies. And it sounds to me like you're saying it's it makes you not only want to explore, but the side quests are engaging. Can you, without giving too much away, can you expound on that? Like, what what is it about the exploration or, or the side questing thus far that's kept you engaged? Um, well, a lot of it is because a lot of the side quests relate back to the story. Some of it doesn't. Some of it's just simple things. And there are some, essentially, go-fetch quests. There are a, a few of those. But even when you're doing those, it, it still feels like it's serving a purpose, you know? Um one of the small side quests might be like go hunting for certain animal things and go find this, that, or the other. But this person, you know, they, they'll tell you a little bit about whatever's going on and why they need that. So you want to help them or maybe you don't, maybe you just tell them to go fuck themselves and you don't get that quest, whatever your choice, <laughs> but it's there. Uh, but you know, and that, and that's some of the smaller quests. Now the, the, the larger side quests all have are all tied into the main story, more or less the bigger ones, or they're tied into, and, and extra like I don't want to give too much away but you if you've watched the trailers you pretty much already know at some point there's you can take control of some creatures and ride them and shit okay um, but one of the things that whole mechanic on its own other than the initial one that you get for the main story the rest of it is all side quest stuff you don't have to unlock any more of the of the stuff to take over any other different uh, creatures or anything else than me. I'm intentionally going and hunting that stuff down because I want to see if what all kind of mounts I can get to go rip apart other motherfuckers or control them to, you know, <laughs> help me out. It's good to have more allies and more weapons at your disposal. I mean, okay, I'm going to turn you against them so that you can kill their ass, you know. Why uh, wouldn't you? Exactly. Um, you know, so the, the game really gives you a sense of you are alone, but you also, there are other people to, there's other ways to kind of have help in a way, even though your character is, is solo, you know, occasionally there are, the next is a quest where you do actually uh, have another person with you. Uh, but for the most part, you're, you're, you're running alone. I don't know. In a way, I don't want to compare it to another game, mm -hmm. but I used to love, I'm just going to use this as sort of an example. I used to love Assassin's Creed games. Okay. Okay. Because some of the earlier Assassin's Creed will just take the whole Ezio trilogy, essentially, other than the last part of that. That was terrible, but mm. the first two, Brotherhood and stuff, was fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and the exploration in, in Assassin's Creed was good, but it definitely... Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn does a better job of making you want to go open things up and open up the map than the early Assassin's Creed games did. So if those games gave you kind of an exploration as solo, this is way better than that. I mean, honestly... If Ubisoft was to say, "Hey, you know, we want we want to let a third party develop a, uh, an Assassin's Creed game," I would let fucking Guerrilla Games do it. I'd be like, "Hell yeah, Guerrilla Games need to develop an Assassin's Creed game." But <laughs> if it was going to be seriously open world and shit, because uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn has just hit me that much, and it's it's a lot of fun, and you're always wanting to get more of this than the other. And there is crafting in it; you have to make a lot of your stuff, so it kind of hits on that that Skyrimish kind of a thing. But oh. you know, as far as you know, you need supplies and stuff like that now you could just buy a lot of the stuff straight out but when you're out and about i always go around and and collect the herbs and things like that because healing is definitely something you want to keep plenty of varieties of ways to heal because if you make a screw up or something you can get your ass whipped really quick and be down on health <laughs> really fast um so it's a, it's always good in this game you need to really think and whatnot uh me especially i'm going more because you're going to unlock your different skills i'm going more toward the the gathering and using of, of traps and, and things like that uh, to do a lot of my stuff. So I take a lot of time 
when I look at an area and I try to sneak in and set traps up and things like that and then get out and yeah. you know use that to uh, take large amounts of enemies down without getting in the middle of a giant melee that I'm not going to win because I'm going to get stomped by these tall-ass mechanical beings. <laughs> so for for those of us who don't know, and this is me included, and I don't remember seeing something about this, but so does the game have uh, an in-game PvP arena? What Do you know what the in-game looks like? You said you don't. You don't have much as far as uh, um, game guides or anything like that. But do you know, like, for for those who've never heard of this game before and want to pick it up, but they really love in-game PvP, is that is this a game for them? Uh, probably not, because I've not seen anything about any sort of PvP or anything like that. It's uh, from what I from what I'm uh, I've played and what I know, it's strictly uh, you know a single player experience. Gotcha. Gotcha. Which which is good because in my opinion there's not a whole lot of those. No, I agree. I agree. I I love seeing a a, a prominent return of the single player RPG outside of the MMO um, stuff that's really heavily story based. I I feel that this game is kind of it does a lot of things right that other games either did kind of do right and it does it better, and it also blends a lot of different elements. Like I said. Um, you know, Assassin's Creed, I, I don't know why I feel that there's certain things, maybe just because of how my playstyle I'm choosing to do is a lot more cloak and dagger, I guess. You know, where I'm setting up traps and things like that and luring enemies and, you know, I'm playing more of the of the stealth um, in this particular playthrough of it. I'm probably going to play through it more than once, So, um, but that's my main focus right now is I'm going mostly stealth and, and traps and things, so I guess that's where I'm getting kind of the Assassin's Creed feel a little bit, but a, mm-hmm. in a lot better sense to where even in Assassin's Creed, you kind of got bored after a while hitting those towers, trying to open up the maps and stuff, where in this so far, I haven't had that feeling like, okay, this is a freaking chore. You know, I'm just going along doing, doing my thing, and there is plenty of side quests, but there's not, like, too many, at least not that I've run into. Um, you know, you can choose to come back to them later or whatnot. And some of the early quests you get, some of the early side quests you get are actually, if you look at them, the levels on them are really high. And so you're like, maybe I shouldn't try to do this yet. <laughs> um, you can, you know, if you want the challenge, Hey, go for it. You know, I've, I've yeah. done one or two that were a bit above my, my pay grade, so to speak. And, uh, <laughs> I survived sort of, <laughs> And the I XP used a lot games of re- were real, right? Yeah, the XP games were real, and, and I used a lot of resources, but I survived. And then and in that regard, um, I had a very, very high sense of accomplishment, which, which is another thing I like to feel uh, from a game. Um, another thing I feel this game kind of blends in, yeah, it does kind of have that Skyrim-y thing, but also a uh, game we mentioned in our last podcast, Fable, uh, except for on a much more grander scale, and of course, you know, including sci-fi and technology in it. Um, so it has that a little bit. So it's kind of like a blend of a few different things, but they do it really, really well. It's definitely worth picking up if you have a PlayStation 4 or you plan on getting a PlayStation 4. As long as you're not just a shooter fan, if you like any sort of single-player action-adventure RPG, anything with killing, really kind of experience, uh, you know. <laughs> you like to um, kill shit, got, this is for you. Yeah, yeah. But it's also got a really good story, and um, you know, a lot of things happen in it. And it's not just... You know how we were talking last time. It's not all just happy-go-lucky. There's some bad shit that goes down. Um, yeah. See, I really <laughs> like to hear that in a game uh, because, honestly, since Fantasy Star Online, and you'll hear me reference this quite a bit because I, I loved Fantasy Star Online on Dreamcast. That was my very first hardcore MMORPG kind of game. Um, but I, I love the RPGs that get you involved and get you truly interested in your character one of my more recent 
um, favorite games was with uh, Geralt. Oh, and I can't remember what the name of the... Uh, Witcher 3. Yeah, Witcher 3. Witcher was really amazing. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I got involved with <laughs> Geralt on an emotional level. Like I was starting, I was really into it. But nothing compares, I, I baseline everything compared to Knights of the Old Republic and um, Skyrim. I got really involved with Skyrim and its story. And I like to see more of a return of, of what you were saying, the one one person we're not focused on competition at the end of trying to make it uh call of duty <laughs> or you know some other type of pvp there's plenty of call of duties fest. out there there's yeah. plenty of that this is focused on getting you emotionally entangled into the life and times and problems that are surrounding this new universe that we're introducing you to um that's how i like to disappear that's how i like to relax and it's exactly why next month I'm getting a PlayStation <laughs> so I can play this game. It sounds amazing. I'm I'm buying a PlayStation just so I can play this fucking game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But that's not the only one. I also want to play Uncharted. Um, I played one yes, three. Yes, yes. Uncharted, uh, Uncharted is, is good shit. So definitely, definitely want to pick that up. But something that's going to be available for everyone... Uh, if you are a Elder Scroll Online player and you're into the MMORPG scene, and maybe you've played the some of the Morrowind experience before, they're actually bringing a new update to ESO that it's going to include Morrowind, which I was pretty excited about because one of my very first uh, RPGs outside of Fantasy Star Online was the uh, Morrowind series that you introduced me to on PC. So I'm pretty excited about that. If you haven't checked out the the trailer on it, definitely go and do that. I'm not I'm not going to say anything else other than bears eating fucking machines, bears yeah, yeah. eating machines. And yeah, go if, check if it I out. had if I had more game time with the amount of games I want to play, I would probably actually look into that because the trailer has actually made me kind of kind of want to check it out because it looks pretty damned entertaining. And I mean, again, bears eating machines. <laughs> You can't go Come on. Who would have thought that would be a combination like uh, sharks and tornadoes? But uh, it goes. <laughs> yeah. And, Sharknado. Um, Sharknado. And if you check it out, you'll terrible. see exactly no. what we mean. That was a, that was a horrible joke. Okay. Uh, but if you check it out, you'll definitely see what I'm talking about. It's a little bit more to it than than just a bear eating machine. But check it out, and uh, and I think you'll enjoy it. There's there's a whole lineup of games that are coming up though, Silas. One that I'm personally looking forward to right now. Uh, because I've been playing it through with uh, with my with my my wifey here, she's she plays it and then um, and then I watch. Um, is oh, the voyeurism. Mas- <laughs> a little voyeurism for me? <laughs> I like to participate, but sometimes I like to watch too. That's why I'm a streamer. You know, I like being in front and behind the camera. Uh, so the Mass Effect series, dude. Uh, have you checked out the Andromeda teaser yet? Yes, I have watched. All of them up till now. <laughs> I have been following Mass Effect, you know, since I first heard about Andromeda, um, as much as possible. Because, as we already know, I I love the Mass Effect series. That was the last real good RPG series that that I really got into heavily. Um, and that's another reason why I love uh, Horizon so much is because it's really kind of bringing me back. Uh, but as far as that style of RPG, yes, I'm I'm looking really forward. Uh, to Mass Effect, it looks like it's going to hold true to the previous Mass Effect, you know, as far as the potential and, and what they're going to 
you know, their standards, I guess, is, is what I could say. It looks like they're really going to push some boundaries and Bioware is going to do, do something great with this thing. And if they don't, they're going to have a fucking riot and people are going to be at <laughs> their headquarters <laughs> ripping the place apart. There will be a fucking outcry. They remember what happened with Mass Effect 3 and people getting pissed off about the endings. Me personally, so, I did not. Uh... But there was a bad, bad, bad internet Outlash, and they do not need that to happen again because that's just bad fucking PR. So we um, haven't finished. Now hold on, a second. <laughs> we, we haven't finished the third, and now you're making me worried. We're we're close. I can feel that we're close. She's like level fifty one, fifty two, somewhere around in there, forty nine to fifty two, and so I can feel that it's coming to its coda with Cerberus here. But um, see, now you're making me kind of nervous. I think we're, we're going to finish it today, so I'll, I'll probably send you a DM saying, "What the fuck." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's actually pretty good. I, I think for me personally, like I said, I didn't have a problem with the endings. I understood, you know, uh, what was going on, and I and I kind of figured how it was going to head. I mean, really, honestly, it was pretty blatant throughout most of Mass Effect Three where it was going to go. It shouldn't be too much of a surprise how how things go, depending on which ending you choose. Now, me, uh, one of my play my first playthrough, I was a complete fucking dick, so I chose the. Uh, <laughs> The make everybody my bitch ending. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> so, uh, but aside from that, um, you know, so I, I don't get entire. I think a lot of people that were are playing pure Paragon, I think, is where where the problem was, and and they didn't care as much for what happened with that ending. But at the same time, uh, without giving anything away, um, it, you can kind of understand where it goes. Like I just don't get where some people were so upset about it and and outraged. At least for me personally, I, I felt it was fine. Um, I'm I sensing a, a, a Mass Effect three part three sage reaction uh, in the next <laughs> podcast is what's probably going to happen. Possibly, and we've got a lot rage. of other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. You 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 may say you you may be like, huh? Well, but, we're going uh, the pure Paragon route here, so we'll see what happens. Definitely. Um, ah, but the yes. you know I will just say that the teaser trailer on that was was awesome. They did a did a great job with the trailer, and they, you know sometimes oh yeah you see for that, Andromeda yes yeah sometimes they don't do those games justice. Um, you know, no, I'm, no, especially in the past there have been some some terrible terrible promotional material yeah. for games, and then it ends up being an amazing game, and then you know vice versa we've got games that had these amazing videos and then <laughs> the game and it itself was, it was shit it was shit yeah but you put all your revenues into the commercial uh and not into content so anyway uh i'm looking forward to it and then we'll do an update next week and we'll talk a little bit more about mass effect and you never know maybe you sometime mean in two this weeks week. oh yeah that's right two weeks that's right um and then we'll we'll see maybe they have some more teaser videos out from there um the next thing we were going to talk about is the Nintendo Switch. Uh, yeah, yeah. I still do not have one. No. <laughs> large, uh, by and large, due to the fact of the unavailability. Granted, I was notified, you know, when Amazon had a few more in stock. But again, I was at work. And so by the time I actually got to looking at it, it was already no longer available. And of course, all the local stores, nobody, nobody has it. Not not Walmart, not Toys R Us, not Best Buy, not of course not fucking GameStop because I think they only get like two per store or something. I don't I, I don't know. I think I and saw a couple on like. eBay. Uh, yeah, if you want to pay a largely <laughs> inflated price, and I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. It's 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 not worth it. And at this point, um, I've been reading and hearing different things. I'm trying not to jump the gun too much, but 
I almost feel like I'm definitely kind of glad I didn't get it right away. And I know that sounds kind of weird. Um, and while yes, there, there is some good points to the switch, uh, that I know of overall for me personally. Um, Uh Oh, I just, I feel like I'm not sure if, if I'm going to like jump on it once one, because once one becomes available in my area, I might actually wait and redistribute those funds I had set aside for something else and just come back to the switch at a later point uh, this year, perhaps once there's a little bit more known about it. And when I feel that it's a little bit more complete, um, if you've looked on YouTube at all, there's quite a few people that, you know, have various things to say. Well, yes, there's a plenty of good things to say about the Nintendo switch Zelda. Um, of course, that's like, That'll always you know, be a, a, a plus for everyone. Yeah, but, and while Zelda is, is a good game, the only game worth getting on the Switch right now is basically Zelda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, and I know launch lineups are always rough. I mean, there's a couple other things I was interested in. I was interested in that uh, Fast RMX or whatever it was, that futuristic racing game. Looked kind of cool. Um, but everything else I was interested in actually doesn't come up for the Switch until later. So for me, I may just wait. I don't know. I'm still kind of up in the air about that. Uh, The other thing is, if you look on YouTube, you can see not only the good. Of course, everyone will always back it up with, well, Zelda's fucking awesome. So if you're going to get it, get that because that's like the only thing worth getting. Um, But there's other other things that a lot of people are saying. If if Zelda's not your thing or if that's your only reason for getting it, there's a lot of YouTubers saying, wait. Don't buy it right now. Wait. Because there's other small problems that it's having and, and and from what i was even thinking before uh and a lot of youtubers are, are are putting this out there that uh the console does feel rushed it feels like a lot of people are um i'm actually i watch a lot of uh i don't know who else does but i watch a lot of stone fox media i watch a lot of his videos because he's pretty he's pretty damned unfiltered just like we are uh i love that guy he's, he's he's pretty straight to the point i don't always agree with his opinion but at least he's he's keeping it real I yeah can, yeah I exactly and, um, you know, and, and I watch a few other YouTubers videos, you know, uh, Angry Joe, you know, a uh, few, few other ones. But everybody's, you know, pretty much is saying if if, 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 if Zelda, you know, if, if, if that's your only reason for getting this, unless you just feel like blowing the money, wait. If you want it as a council to have, you know, the portability is nice and whatnot, but wait. And when yeah. you start seeing a lot of people like that saying, hey, you know, maybe you should just wait on this. It does kind of make you rethink what you want to do if that's not your main thing. I mean, I've got Horizon Zero Dawn to play right now. I've got Mass Effect coming up shortly. On top of that, like not too long after Mass Effect comes out, I've got the new DLC for Final Fantasy 15, the the uh, episode with one of the characters where you get to play as the character. Uh, so that's freaking awesome. Someone have that to contend with. Um, you know, on top of Mass Effect, which is going to be awesome. And then, of course, in April, I have freaking Persona 5, which I've been waiting for forever. Love that series. So, you know, I've got a lot of stuff that I can play, and as an adult gamer, you only have so much time in your life to play video games. Yeah, very true. You know, uh, you have to do things like go to work. Now, I don't have a significant other, but so I don't have that in there, but, you know, between work and just having a life in and whatnot, you know, I do things other than play video games. So, my, my time is limited, so I want to pick and choose. So, do I really want to 
to get this system and choose to put time into it when a lot of people are saying, well, you should probably wait. Zelda's the only thing worth playing, and the console, it feels very unfinished. You know, and that's usually a, a rule of thumb for me, is I stay away from the very first generation or the release console just because uh, they're still kind of working it out uh, a little bit. And remember the issues that we had with Xbox 360? Remember the Xbox Ones uh, had some slight issues? PlayStation? Uh, there's no console that is immune to those uh, first generation launch woes. issues. Yeah. yeah first first, first wave issues. problems. Yeah. Uh, so I usually wait, you know, a few months anyway, if I, even if I really do want the console, um, there's more than likely not a lot of, of, uh, games that are going to be coming out between now and three months from now or whenever it releases to up to three months. So it's worth the wait and you get a more stable system and they've, they've tweaked out some of the issues. I have heard a few of those things myself and I, I will say that it, it even lessened my urgency to get one, but I, I would be lying if I said that I still, I don't, I still want one. I still yeah. do. And I'll probably yeah, get so one do down I. the road. But uh, like you said, well, for me, it's here, here we go. I'll, I'll get one. And then, you know, I can come visit you on that coast and then you can check it out that way. <laughs> Hell yeah. Come on over, dude. It'll be a long weekend, man. We'll have some. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. There we go. See, Game already got a plan. That's right. <laughs> But uh, it won't be for a little while because I have other shit to play. <laughs> that's right, dude. Well, there's so many games coming out now, and I find uh, more recently, now that I have this amazing PC that I finally finished building, which I'm, I'm currently recording on, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really excited about it. Um, I've got a whole new plethora of, of games and choices to, uh, to spread out, just not from Xbox, but also on PC, and, uh, and a whole other part of... Uh, the gaming communities that I'm in and new people to meet uh, and new people to play with on those games. So it's, I got a lot of competing priorities, man. I'm right there with you. It's, it's probably best to wait for a little bit for sure. Yep. Yep. And, and it's strange how much games are coming out in, in the spring. Cause usually we, there's not a lot of games that drop in the spring. True. You know, you usually have a couple and then of course you always have the summer fricking drought, you know, so that's when everyone catches up on their backlog. And then of course come fall, that's when a lot of the, you know, big new stuff comes out but i feel like some of our uh reason why we've got so much competing priority here is you know uh due to the fact that games like mass effect and stuff actually got pushed back it was originally supposed to release last fall and of course it got pushed back to this spring and and whatnot so that that kind of plays into it and on other stuff it just it just depends on you know what you're interested in but it just seems like there's quite a few releases and then nintendo decided to rush the damn switch uh by the sounds of things mm. uh, which could be wrong in fact, speaking of the Switch and Nintendo in our gaming communities, on our next episode, and I'm going to drop this in there real quick, we are going to have a guest from the gaming community I'm a part of, Gunslinger Gaming, who actually got his hands on a Nintendo Switch. Actually, he got more than one. He secured one for a relative, I think, and whatnot. But anyway, he, he, he got the Switch. He has a family. He's an adult gamer and whatnot. So we're going to have him on here and talk to him intently about the Switch and uh, get his opinion from someone who actually owns the damn thing, who's an adult gamer. Fancy and that. See what he, and see what he has to say. And I know he picked up quite a few of the games and accessories and, and uh, get his uh, thoughts and opinions on uh, you know, on, on all of it. On, and, of course, at that time, we'll be a couple more weeks into the Switch releasing. So my opinion might be a little bit different uh, as to where my stance is. But definitely it'll be nice to uh, pick his brain and find out... Uh, you know, his thoughts and, and where he's at with it and likes, dislikes, because he also owns other consoles and has a PC and stuff just like we do. So once again, the competing priorities and, you know, it'll be good to kind of get that view on things. So yes, our first guest and of course, more Nintendo Switch stuff. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> uh, and there'll be there'll be even more guests coming on after that. Isn't that right? So we're we're gonna try and have a, a mix mash of of our individual communities and and some of our close friends from those communities come in and and kind of chat about some of these things as well. So that's awesome. I look forward to the next episode doing that. Uh, Silas, do you have any closing comments on today's episode? Yes, thank you, everyone. We appreciate everyone who takes the time, whether you listen for five seconds, five minutes, the whole episode, um, just you taking your time to listen to us ta- discuss all this gaming and entertainment-related related stuff, uh, even if you don't necessarily agree with everything we say. <laughs> yeah, bravo. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, uh, I will say before we wrap it up here, uh, you can now find us on the official Silas and Sage Twitter account. Just type in Silas and Sage on Twitter, and there you can get all of the information that you need for our latest episodes. And of course, if you want to find our uh, past episodes, you'll be able to find them there as well. We're officially on iTunes, Silas. Yes, yes, we are on iTunes. Of course, it is, you know, uh, My Life in Games. Just go into your iTunes store, search for that, and boom, you'll see our wonderful, beautiful logo. And, you know, uh, check us out, download it there. We are also on the Google Play Store now as well. That's right. And, of course, we also have our direct link on Podbean for everything immediately and, of course, sooner because everything goes there first and then makes its way to uh, everywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. So, so check us out. Yes, however you wish to listen to us, you have options now. So, you know, if you're more of a just get it from iTunes person or maybe you got the Android device, you better just get it from the Google Play Store. There there you go. You can you can do so. We're watching. We're everywhere now. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly we will creep into your brain. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening on episode 2 of My Life in Games with Silas and Sage. We will see you in 2 weeks.